when we last left Esther, Haman had set a decree signed by the king, King Ahasuerus, that all the Jewish people would be killed in the 12th month, the 13th day, because Mordecai did not bow down and give him reverence. After signing the decree, Haman and Ahasuerus, who had just condemned a people to die, Haman and Ahasuerus, go have a drink. All while the capital city of Shushan is perplexed by these events. Now what I find interesting is that Haman was told, or uh, all the people were told to honor him, to honor him, and to reverence him. And of all the people that were doing it, he didn't pay attention to them. He paid attention to the one that did not. And that one was Mordecai. So now the signing, the decree has gone out. It has been posted. In 11 months' time, the Jews will die. Esther 4.1 When Mordecai perceived all that was done, Mordecai rent his clothes and put on sackcloth with ashes and went out into the midst of the city and cried with a loud and bitter cry and came even before the king's gate for none might enter into the king's gate with sackcloth. And in every province, whithersoever the king's commandment and his decree came, there was great mourning among the Jews, fasting, weeping, and wailing, and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. So Esther's maid and her chamberlains came and told it her. Then was the queen exceedingly grieved, and she sent raiment to clothe Mordecai to take away his sackcloth from him, but he received it not. Mordecai and most of the Jews in the kingdom, they put on sackcloth and ashes. They entered into days of mourning, days of fasting, because they have just been condemned to death. They wailed, for there was no explanation given for their doom, just a decree sent out by the king and his team. Frankly, I can't say as I blame all the Jews. After all, it comes from out of absolutely nowhere that they're about to die in 11 months. They're about to lose all their possessions, their livelihood. They're about to be dead, and they can see the date of their death approaching. Esther, the queen of the land, has no idea what's going on. She only knows that Mordecai is out crying in the streets, wearing sackcloth as ashes, and it's not becoming a man related to the queen. So he sends clothes out. She sends clothes out to Mordecai for him to dress. She's unaware of everything that has happened. Even though she's in the palace, she doesn't know what's going on. Esther 4, 5, after Mordecai turned away the clothes, Esther 4, 5, then called Esther for Hatach, one of the king's chamberlains, whom he had appointed to attend upon her, and gave him a commandment to Mordecai to know what it was and why it was, why he's wearing sackcloth and ashes, why he's turning down the clothes. She wants to know what's going on. So Hatach went forth to Mordecai unto the street of the city, which was before the king's gate. And Mordecai told him of all that had happened unto him, and of the sum of money, the, the, the silver crowns, that Haman had promised to pay to the king's treasuries for the Jews to destroy them. Also, 
he gave him the copy of the writing of the decree that was given at Shushan to destroy them, to show it unto Esther, and to, to declare it unto her, and to charge her that she should go in unto the king to make supplication unto him, and to make requests before him for her people. Hatach came and told Esther the words of Mordecai. Again, Esther spake unto Hatach and gave him commandment unto Mordecai. All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces do know that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come unto the king into the inner court who is not called, there is one law of his to put him to death except such to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter, that he may live. But I have not been called to come in unto the king these thirty days. And they told to Mordecai Esther's words. So Esther sends someone out to check on Mordecai to find out why he turned down the raiment, why he's weeping and wailing, why he's wearing sackcloth and ashes. Mordecai tells her through a messenger, all about Haman and the money he's paying to kill the Jews, gives a copy of the decree, and he says, you are the queen, you need to go in unto the king and plead for your people. And Esther says, I can't, the king has not called me. If I go into the king's court, and he doesn't want me there, they will kill me. In those days, it truly was appointment only for you to get before the king. And if he did not hold out the scepter, you're dead. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knowest whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer. Go, gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me and neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise. So will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded him. Now, this is very interesting because Mordecai, seeing to the heart of the matter, that she's worried about her own skin. If she goes into the king, she's going to die. Who wouldn't be? I mean, seriously, that's mostly what we worry about is ourselves. He tells her that even she, that she is not even safe in the palace with the decree, and that she needs to worry about the big picture. That she needs to get into the king, for there's so much more at stake than just her queenship. Millions will die if Esther does not take action. Kids, men, women, millions will die if she does not take action 
and Mordecai delivers the immortal line that everybody knows, perhaps you have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. This was her purpose. Mordecai seeing this is her purpose. The hand of God has put her here for this particular moment. It's time for her to rise and stand. So Esther says, very well. But I want you and all the Jews to fast for three days and three nights. My, me and my maids, we're going to fast for three days and three nights. And we're going to pray while we fast for three days and three nights. That God doesn't just deliver me. That God doesn't just deliver them. But that God will give me the wisdom to know how to go about this. So everybody gets together. They fast. They pray. Three days and three nights. That she might have the king's grace. That she might receive the king's mercy. Have the golden scepter hand out to her. And that she not perish. Esther 5.1 Now it came to pass on the third day. The third day of fasting and, and, and praying. That Esther put on her royal apparel. And stood in the inner court of the king's house over against the king's house, and the king sat upon his royal throne in the royal house, over against the gate of the house. And it was so, when the king saw Esther the queen standing in the courtyard, now remember, she is quite the beauty, that she obtained favor in his sight. He liked her. And the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. So Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter. She's safe. Then said the king unto her, What wilt thou, Queen Esther? And what is thy request? It shall be even given thee to the half of the kingdom. And Esther said, If it seem good unto the king, let the king and Haman come this day unto the banquet that I have prepared for him. Then said the king, Then the king said, the king really liked this, or how do I know that? Because we're about to read that. Then the king said, Cause Haman to make haste, that he may do as Esther has said. So the king and Haman came to the banquet that Esther had prepared. This, this was very interesting to me, because we, we need a little bit more of this in this world today. The king, upon seeing his queen, extended the golden scepter, that she might enter into the court and not die. He tells her, what shall I do for thee, even unto half of the kingdom? Ask him, yours. He really loved her. Esther, though, she was prepared. She said, no, just for you and Haman to come on over to my kitchen, sit down, have a meal with me. That's all I ask. I just want some time with you. And the king must really love her, for he says, go get Haman, tell him to make haste, so my queen who prepared food for us, my queen, who took the time to fix something for us, won't be waiting on us. Come on, let's get. She has done us a kindness. Let us do one for her by being courteous and responsive. Then answered Esther and said, Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I skipped a verse. And the king said unto Esther at the banquet of wine, What is thy petition? And it shall be granted thee. And what is thy request, even to the half of the kingdom it shall be performed? Then answered Esther and said, 
My petition and my request is, if I have found favor in the sight of my king, and if it pleased the king to grant my petition and to perform my request, let the king and Haman come to the banquet that I shall prepare for them, and I will do tomorrow as the king has said. So the king in the banquet has enjoyed the wine. He's enjoyed the company, the camaraderie. And he says again, what shall I do for you? Why the luncheon? Why the thought? Why the kindness? And Esther, who has thought all of this out, she says, all I ask is that I might see you again tomorrow for another banquet, for a little more time together, so I can spend some time with you, king. Esther is shrewd. Very shrewd. She is using food and her charms, by the way, a little bit of wine, and she's setting everyone at ease, having a good time. They are not aware of the deadly urgency yet of her actions. She has lulled Haman into a false sense of importance. How do I know this? Because he was at a banquet with the queen and the king, and only he was there. That's how we know this. Esther has made them completely at ease. She has earned their good favor, earned their good, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just that they have goodwill towards her now. And this is how we know that Haman was a man full of false pride. Esther 5.9 then went Haman forth that day, joyful and with a glad heart. But when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate, that he stood not up nor moved for him, he was full of indignation against Mordecai. Nevertheless, Haman refrained himself, and when he came home, he sent and called for his friends and Zeresh, his wife. And Haman told them of the glory of his riches and the multitude of his children, and all the things wherein the king had promoted him, and how he had advanced him above the princes and servants of the king. Did you catch all that? Mm -hmm. Haman was just at a banquet with the queen and the king only. The king, the queen, and Haman. That was it. He's gone home, and he's now promoted to prime minister. He has kids, he has a wife, he has riches. He's got a good life. And on his way home, one man causes him to have a bad day. One man is the thorn in his side. And instead of counting all of his blessings, he's worried about that one man. He is blessed above all in the kingdom. And all he sees is that one. Fascinating. Esther 5.12, Haman said, moreover, talking to his wife and his family, Yea, Esther the queen did let no man come in unto the queen, come in with the king unto the banquet that she had prepared but myself. And tomorrow am I invited unto her also with the king. Yet all this availeth me nothing. So long as I see Mordecai, the Jew, sitting at the gates. That's, 
Then said Zeresh his wife and all his friends unto him, Let a gallow be made of fifty cubits high. Tomorrow speak thou unto the king, that Mordecai may be hanged thereon. Then go thou in merrily with the king unto the banquet. And the thing pleased Haman, and he caused the gallows to be made. Everything is going Haman's way. Everything he does is gold. But he's worried about the wine. Haman's wife and friends says, Build a gallow, for you are greater than any in the kingdom except the king. You have both the queen and the king's ear. They delight in you and your company. What are you worried about? Go ahead, dispose of the one that is, that is causing you such grief. Now at this point, there are two things I want to point out. Sunday night we will see what happens with Haman and Esther, as most of us already know. But there's two things here I want to point out before I close tonight. Unlike Haman, we should count our blessings. See all that you have. You don't focus on what somebody else has. You don't focus on what somebody else does. You focus on you and what God has provided you. You focus on God's blessings for you. You focus on the wins for you. Haman had everything going his way. And he let one man not getting out of his way. One man not giving him reverence. One man not kissing his tail. Drive him insane. If you let one person ruin your life, that's not on them. That's on you. Haman had everything going his way. Now, to our lives, if you're going to let somebody come by and ruin your day, you don't know if they're having a bad day. You don't know what their life situation is. But that's not your problem. Your problem is your situation. I just talked with my daughter today. What did I say? I said, our actions don't matter. It's our reactions that make us who we are. Whatever they do, don't matter. It's how we react to it. That's what defines us. Haman had so very much, yet he sorrowed over one tiny thing, and it leads to his destruction. He could have been the greatest ever prime minister, and instead, he lets a little bit of arrogance, a little bit of pride, cause his downfall. Secondly, Esther prepared a banquet for the king. Prepared food, a wine banquet for the king and Haman. They didn't know she was doing it. They didn't. But when her king found out all the trouble that she had gone to, he says, get Haman, let's go, let's not keep her waiting. When someone does something for you, whether it's cooking or whatever, if somebody goes out of their way and thinks of you, and does something for you, even if you don't consider it a big deal, be grateful. If they put food on the table, if they surprise you with something, if they, I, I don't know, be grateful if somebody takes the time to think of you and does actions for you. They put fruit in front of you, it's a little burnt, sit down and eat it. Shut up. 
You had nothing to do with it. It's not quite how you would do it. Shut up. Eat it. Even if you don't like it, eat it for the love and thought that went into it. If they think of you by doing something for you, be grateful. There was a story once of a guy, him and his wife separated over trouble, so he went in. Uh, an older gentleman, his wife, took him in. And one night he came home late from work. The, in the morning, the older guy said, we're going to have dinner at 6. Don't be late. Well, he came in late from work, went to sit down at the table. There was no food. And he says, well, I'm hungry. And the older guy says, my wife spent hours cooking that meal. You couldn't be here on time. This is not on her. This is on you. Somebody did something for you, and you weren't grateful. That's a big deal. Gratefulness means a lot. If someone is think, thinking of you, if somebody is doing something for you, whether you like it or not, be grateful. If your spouse is in there cooking dinner, get up, get to the table. Don't make them wait when you know that they're cooking dinner. And they put food on the table and it's hot and then you, oh, well, I got to go to the bathroom. Or, oh, well, I got to, no, you get to the table. The king says to Haman, or says, go get Haman, make haste, my queen cooked for us, we're going to honor and respect her. Ahasuerus didn't know if the food was going to be any good. He just knew she had done something for him out of the kindness of her heart at the time, that's what he thinks, he was grateful. And he showed her the same courtesy by getting up and going. If somebody's thinking of you and they do things for you, be grateful, because soon you may not have somebody doing something for you if you're not. That's what happens in the guy, the, the weird story I told you because I'm not very good at that kind of thing. But you get the point. Sunday night we'll be back and we will finish um, the book of Esther.